to say something, but and, and another part of me thinks it's disrespectful, especially with me being a veteran. That kind of bothers me a little bit. I know they're not trying to be insulting. Yeah, it's, it has it, nothing it, to do with veterans and shit. Then there's it that's really the doesn't. other that's the other half. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you look at our history, um, you have the buses. You have, you know, people moving from the back of us to the front of us. You have and nothing to do with transportation system. No, no. Uh, had, had about had to do with you know basically racial rights. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, Martin Luther King, he's the one that invented, you know, peaceful protest. And in a manner Gandhi. of speaking, huh? well, yeah, okay, yeah, because he did study. Yeah, you're right. Um, but that that's the other part of me. It's like. You know, yeah, this this is a form of peaceful protest. And that's written history, though. We don't know how long that dated back to, you know, peaceful protest. Yeah, but that's where it stands out in our country. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's our history when it started in our history. So, you know, so I have a battle, you know, battle trying to figure out, okay, is, you know, it, should I find this rude? Is Is this really the time and the place? I mean, you're turning you're turning this sporting event that's been a big part of America for all races as a platform to something that I think maybe isn't the time or the place for that. But you know, because I mean, you got you got a lot of people that pay a lot of money supporting the NFL. Now, I, I, I think I'm less angry with the kneeling, with, you know, having that second half uh, of my thought. You know, it's like, okay, this is a form of peaceful protest. It's kind of the right, that's, they're, they're using the opportunities that the, mili- that, that the military personnel have brought to them. Yeah. You know, so, okay, in a way of, in a, in a manner of speaking, they're actually respecting military personnel because they're using what we fought for. Mm-hmm. And well, and that's the thing too, because these guys aren't politicians. They're not. They have no other platform other than the sport that they were paid to play. However, there is, I think, in my opinion, uh, a duty as an American citizen that if you feel like and your peers feel like there is a responsibility on your shoulders as a leader in some sort. Because they're they're leaders of not only the industry but children look up to them, adults look up to them. I mean, it's fantasy sports have taken over our country as well. It's people need to be awoken to the bigger issue in life, and if you can buy and sell and trade and build fantasy teams, then you know what. You also need to hear the feelings of the people that play this game. You, they're not just—they're not just objects. They are—they are people that have challenges with the way society looks at them, and and as, and the, the challenges like uh, what's that dude's name? He was on the Chicago Bears. Uh, uh, Marcellus Marcellus Wallace—is that his name? He was on. He's on a different team now. Seattle, maybe he was on for a minute. But he got a, held down at gunpoint in Vegas. 
nobody knew he was a football player just because he was a black man for no fucking reason. And he was like, yeah, it was fucking scary. And he was arrested, released about three hours later when they, like, realized who the fuck he was. And he was like, oh, shit, this guy's not, like, somebody that we should probably be uh, detaining right now for no reason. Well, you know, go back to kind of like what you were just talking about here. They have the platform. Mm-hmm. They're using it to speak out. Okay. Well, you know, that, that long saying about actions speak louder than words is not a false saying. Well, here's the thing. They're taking a knee, but what else are they doing to help their community? Colin Kaepernick, look at what he's done. Tremendous stuff. And even before but, but he started look, this. But look at the overall population. One or two does not make a difference. Yeah, but it's Kaepernick is the leader of it. And the, the fact of the matter is he's the one that's taking the effort. So they're all not only kneeling because so what have, of but what has he gone out into the community to do to fix the situation I mean you, he's taking a knee do, do you really don't know no I really don't uh, alright I'm gonna I'm gonna just look up some of the institutions that he's been directly involved with so I can actually speak from fact yeah, yeah. instead of just opinion on here Colin Kaepernick um, what would I look up Colin Kaepernick um Social or uh, or uh, community, community outreach. Community, uh, all right, perfect. Community service. Ten organizations. Colin Kaepernick has donated over a million dollars to. It's um, a Silicon Valley one, but that's a, this is an advancement project for multiracial civil rights organizations. Uh, United Players. Uh, that's just with all sporting advocates. Mothers Against pr- Police Brutality. Um, I know he's done a lot with children, too. Just uh, youth efforts. But Imagine LA. Uh, he's a native of Compton. And he's mobilizing the community to end the cycle of family homelessness and pro- poverty. Angel by Nature. Uh, it's, this is a, actually a Houston-based organization. That's been helping those in the uh, effect after the after effects of Hurricane Harvey. Uh, schools on school on wheels, and that's been uh, fu- helping children living in shelters, uh, motels, cars, group foster homes, and streets of Southern California. Communities for United for Police Reform. And, and he's got a tremendous amount of people helping with that. That's human rights, safety, accountability, transparency, youth services, um, strengthening families, helping at-risk teens, promoting child safety. Uh, this other one's called HOME, H-O-M-E. And that one stands for Helping Oppressed Mothers Endure. And that's... Uh, Single mothers working, going to school, uh, surviving through tough times, persevering towards an appointed time for a success in life, and just helping those families involved. So he's actually done a tremendous amount of issues and actually donates a lot of his time and effort. And you got to figure this is a guy that literally sacrificed his entire career and basically said, you know, F you, you guys don't want to sign me for anything? I'm just going to go back to activism and I'm going to help the people that need it. So he, he is an activist, 100%, and he did use his platform in a way 
But that's a, that's one out of how many? Yeah, but he was was he not the leader of it all? Was he not the one that started well, it all? Was well, he not that the one per- that particular in the in the racial sense? Yeah. Yes, but um, I can't say I'm a big fan. But Tebow, he was the one that really started trying to advocate for causes based off of his position. Um, and, well, he did that too. Yeah, I think Tebow and Kaepernick probably have a lot in common. I think they should probably get together and work together and to and to strive. But really, it, 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 what it boils down to is this. If, if they continue to ignore that there's issues, there's going to be no results. Yeah. We, they have to recognize, there needs to be a recognition that there's a systematic challenge with how police and society view people of color. You know, I was actually, actually this morning, I was, I was uh, watching this. You know, I'm not a very religious person, obviously, but I was watching this preacher, and he decided he wanted to, you know, touch on, you know, the ra- racial issues in our country. And he, he was sitting there talking about, you know, how he, call, he called this black guy onto the stage, had him put his feet in his bucket. And uh, he said, you know, the problem with our country is that, you know, Trump made this comment, you know, or made his motto about make America great again. But, you know, make America great for who and how. Oof, I like that. And, uh, and so what he, 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 his way of going about it was... Black preacher, white preacher? No, white preacher. He was an old white guy. Good. And uh, he, he says, uh, he said, okay... So the black community has obviously been pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed mm-hmm. all through our history in America. So, you know, their version of making America great is going to be different than white America great. White America great has been dependent on other, other nationalities that they could take advantage of. White people have been taking advantage of other races the entire America, Native Americans taking the land of, the, of, of Mexicans. So they took part of California, New Mexico, and Texas. Uh, so whose version of Make America Great Again are we talking about here? It's a really great con- conceptual question. And uh, so he, um, he says, you know what we all need to do? Forget race. He said, you know what Jesus would have done? He said, let me show you. And he has this, this, kid, this black kid take off his shoes washed his feet and said you know what he said you know why the washing of feet is so important in the bible so why that is the dirtiest part of a person and washing the feet shows equality in that you know in that in that earlier society he said so here's my thoughts let's wash each other's feet he sits he sits there and watches has his entire congregation watch as he washed this black kid's feet with his bare hands dried his feet down apologized for you know, everything that has happened in the past and said, you know, what we all need to look at is the future. And we can't we can't constantly harbor the past, but we can't sit there and say we're making America great again if we don't understand for who. Yeah. So I just thought that that was a really, you know, touching way of looking at race in our country. That really is, and um, 
it's it's troubling though that I I don't get I don't I never understood racism. I don't, I don't I don't get it. You know, I understand like the joking around about like so many different aspects like for comedic purposes are entertaining sometimes because stereotypes are funny in my opinion. Stereotypes are funny and people do it all the time. But the whole concept of actual racism where somebody could hate somebody because of the where they come from and this isn't even racism maybe prejudice I should just say because like we ingrain ourselves and, and I'm going to use like football for an example we ingrain ourselves with this with this competition that we always have to be better than somebody else and we we choose teams based on either the color of our skin our nationality what town we grew up in, what city we grew up in, what region we grew up in, what state we grew up in. Subcultures. And, yeah, and it, and it goes deeper than that. So, like, here, like, all right, we live in Houston. So, like, Houston, it's like, oh, Houston versus Dallas. Oh, like, that's the... Oh. It doesn't matter at that point what skin color you are. It's Houston versus Dallas. And then you go state-wise, and it's like, Texas versus New York. Oh, and it's like, it, again, it doesn't matter what what region you're from then it's you know and all the southern people will probably be texas all the northern people will be new york and then it goes deeper than that because then when it starts going global it's like oh united states versus libya or, or you know iraq or whatever the russia or china and then it's it, it gets into this other global expansion and it's it, it doesn't matter at that point and that's why like military people you know it doesn't matter your your color, your skin. It doesn't matter your your race or your religion. It doesn't matters. Ma yeah, your sexuality doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but <laughs> the challenge is like we only use race here locally. It's a local issue. It's not even. It's not a global issue because at the end of the day, globally we're a team. We're all on the same fucking team. But locally, for whatever reason, we want to use that against each other here. You know what drives me nuts about the about the way you know Black Lives Matter and all that really you know kind of makes it about you're white you're black. I mean they, that's just how, that's that's how I mean they, they can, why, why is it you know they they said they've been persecuted by the by by the white people and you know I've even talked to people they would say, say what do you know you're white well you know my my ancestor did never own slaves. I know my ancestry all the way back to the late 1400s, and they're not from England. That's where the, that's where it all started. It was the English that you know brought in the slaves. My family was Scots Irish. The King of England actually ki killed one of my ancestors, beheaded him, put his head on a stake in front of the castle. You know, and but because I'm white. I have to be, you know, it's like I'm, I'm the racist. And, and, and it's been brought to, brought to my face that, because, but, you know, but I'm given so much more opportunity because I, I don't believe that opportunity is presented by skin color. Um, you would say that being white, honestly. And, I, and I'm, I'm a white guy, you know. There's no, I didn't get it either. Honestly, I didn't get it either until I actually was part of a relationship that I got to see the black side of things, and and there is a different, 
a completely different way you're approached as a human being by people knowing that you have dude I, I've never got dirty looks before when I went to a restaurant except when I had pee with me at certain times and it never became like there's there's some points where you know pee will bring it up to me and I'll be like no like you know and I'm, it's not that but there are certain times where I'm just like oh shit like I fucking see it like we're getting treated differently because we're an interracial relationship